Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are doing amazing. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where we are today. We are talking about thoughts on the rush to, quote, normal, unquote. And I don't know if at this point I wanted to call it a rush to normal, because the last time I did an episode on the pandemic Lovato, oh my goodness, it was probably back in March, and it was talking about how you want to come out of this. And I don't even think I saw it going on (laughs) this long. I think the episode that I did was March of 2020. And I haven't really talked about the pandemic this year because, again, I took that really extended break and now I'm back. And I feel like we, obviously, we are still in it. There are those that have completely gone back to life as normal and the pandemic is not showing slowing them down by any means they've got vaccinated they may or not be vaccinated they would may be wearing masks they may not be wearing masks um this panorama may be a conspiracy theory to them whatever i just feel like people fall into so many camps now that we just don't know but there are some people out there who are living life as if everything is happening and then there are people out there who are still in the process of quarantining and doing all of the things life has not changed since last february when we were told to all go home and sit our asses down so <laughs> i feel like there's so many camps of people now you don't know which camp you fall into and obviously i want to be very sensitive so in today's episode we are going to be talking about some heavier than normal things so i just want to be mindful of that um yeah so let's get into it so Like I said, I really haven't talked about the panini that we have been in, and I haven't talked about it a lot this year. I am in this place where I am still working remote, probably will continue to do so unless I am called to go back and it is communicated that I absolutely need to go back, but until then, that's not going to happen for me. Um... There are some people who are completely back in the office space. They like it. They love it. There are some people who never left the office space. You know, we have our essential workers. Thank God for them. And then there are those people who, like I said earlier, are just, this is a conspiracy. Masks don't work. Yada, yada, yada. That special group of people. So what I've seen, though, the the narrative that I have seen almost from day one, like when they told us to go home and to sit down and to just wait two weeks. They said, we need two weeks to squash this. Papa Fauci was all over the news like, we need two weeks. We're just gonna, everyone's gonna quarantine for two weeks. We're gonna sit down and then we're gonna come out of it and everything's gonna be all Gucci. And then now 20 months later, (laughs) that did not happen because we're still in this. And now we got the freaking Delta variant up and out here ruining lives even worse. So yeah, it doesn't seem like there is an end in sight. But since that two-week period, the end of that two-week period, we were told to go home, teaching went virtual, there has been this very loud, insistent 
angry group of people that are screaming, we need to go back to normal. We need to go back to normal. Something about me that you may be surprised to know, I'm actually an ambivert, okay? When I was younger, I used to be an extrovert. I used to love being around people all the time. That is how I would recharge my batteries. But the older I've gotten, and I think that it's just age, but it's also being an, a cycling instructor, being a spin instructor, now a soul cycle instructor, I interact with and engage with so much energy and there's so much different exchanges of energy going on and I'm around people so much that for me, I started to become less of an extrovert and kind of on the middle ground. So I'm not an introvert just yet. I don't recharge by being by myself all the time. There are some days where I, that's how I, just that's how I best recharge. Like I'll come back home and I will just sit in silence in this apartment with all the lights off, just in silent, turn my phone on, do not disturb and don't say anything for a while. That's how I recharge some days. Other days I can go straight to brunch and I can, you know, be around people, like go visit my family. And that's how I recharge my batteries when I'm feeling drained. So really I've become an ambivert. But when we were told to go home, I was already feeling a certain level of burnout anyway, so I didn't really mind the orders to go home and just relax and, you know, not being able to teach. Like, the in a very weird way, the quarantine period became a months-long way of just time frame of me recharging my batteries and recharging my energy, and I felt really, I, I last year, I wasn't really impacted by the quarantine, if we're being completely honest. And I don't think that I was alone in that regard. I think that there were some people, there were obviously some people who it impacted a lot. And I'll, you know, you're gonna, we're gonna talk about that in today's episode. But then you had people like me who weren't really bothered one way or another about it. And I don't know what that says about me as a person <laughs> because I think for the most part, I'm a people person and people like being around me and I genuinely like being around people. But sometimes, you know, you, you don't want to be around people and that's okay too. And I recognize that there were a lot of negatives. There, I want to say negatives. I don't think that's the word for it. There were a lot of people that were negatively impacted, a lot of people and things and environments that were negatively impacted by the quarantine. So when I, I have to be sensitive to that and think about those people when I say that there is a rush back to normal. But as there is a rush back to normal, I find that it is very one-sided. And I really want to talk about that today. I want to talk about, I don't want to say the positives of quarantine because I don't want to phrase it that way because just because they were positive for me doesn't mean they were positive for everyone else. But we're taking into account different perspectives. So as people are still... Well, from day one, I felt like people were trying to rush things back to normal. Now it kind of makes sense. I understand people that are like, okay, we've been in this for 20 months. Come on, like we need to get back to normal. But when you're normal, it's trying to rush back to things that were toxic and in the name of capitalism and in the name of exploitation of people, we really have to reframe and really think about what we are running back to. So with the negatives of quarantine, there were some negatives. A lot of people's mental health was impacted. We are going to be honest, completely honest, and say that there were people who 
were really hurt by this as it pertains to their mental health, living in situations and environments with people that were not healthy, that in relationships and situations that were abusive, there is no doubt that we saw it increasing uptick of that. It was a very stressful situation. Rates of domestic violence increased. It was horrible. Like there, the pandemic was horrible for people and that some people in that regard. I know some people who were separated over the pandemic and now they are going through the process of divorcing and you know, they're happy. Nobody is happy about a divorce. I think they recognize that it had to happen. A separation had to happen, but it's still something that was hurtful. And I honestly believe that the pandemic did play a role in that. And maybe it's a role of, okay, it opened up my eyes and made me realize that being in this confined space, in this quarantine space with this person it sped up the entire process of getting divorced. And then you have to also think about the some people's career trajectories. If you're working in an environment where it's very front-leaning and FaceTime with people is super important, your career trajectory is absolutely going to be impacted when that is removed, that face-to-face element of being in the office and interacting with people and going to desks. Because let's let's be very clear, networking we all know it's not about what you know but who you know and a lot of people not only were their career trajectories impacted by covid and the quarantine some people lost their jobs or were furloughed like this horribly impacted people financially so then you have to think about the economic perspective of it um there was a lot (laughs) a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of people were financially ruined by this um Thankfully, some places were willing to work with people. Some student loans were put on hold. Some people were the the um what what was a housing moratorium moratorium that was put into place so you couldn't evict people because some people weren't getting a paycheck. The little stimulus check they gave out that wasn't freaking enough. Unemployment, you know, like there were very real and tangible impacts to the pandemic and to the quarantine. I'm not trying to gloss those over by any means. And a lot of them were financial. And looking at it from that perspective, see, that's a perspective that I want to talk about. Because as people are rushing to go back to normal, all I hear about, a lot of what I hear about it, a lot of people's motivations are about money. And I'm not going to be ignorant and sit here and say, no one needs money. We all need money. We live in a very capitalistic society. But the capitalistic society we live in is heavy, baby, heavy on the exploitation of people, of people, cheap wages, stagnant wages. So we put people through all of this shit, through all of this, even the what I think of automatically are teachers and other first responders, teachers. People worked at grocery stores, doctors and nurses who have been on the front lines of this since day one. They have been in their their safety has been at risk. Their mental wellness and health has been at risk. But there are also people who are pushing things to get back to normal when they're thinking about the because they're thinking about the economy. They're thinking about the bottom line, but they're not thinking about people who are going to be impacted and then they want, don't, don't want to do the bare minimum, like wearing masks. Like, fine, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. 
Then these people, some of them don't want to wear masks. They don't want to send their kids to school with masks on. So they are like, I'm paying taxes for, for teachers, for this school, for the teachers to teach my kids. But I, so I can go back to work, but I don't want to put my kid in a mask and I don't want to do the bare minimum to ensure the safety and health and wellness of the teachers. So it's like people want to do what is comfortable for them to pad their bank account and their bottom line and make sure they're okay financially at the risk to other people. And that's what I don't like because every single time I knew a group, I knew people, I know people that actually moved from this area moved from the Northern Virginia, D.C. area because schools were only giving virtual and distance learning. They moved to a completely different state because the state was not closing down schools and they were like, I don't want to teach my kids. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And the gag is one of, this, one of these couples, they were teachers. They just want to teach their own kids. Just, it's crazy to me. They're like, I don't, I don't want to teach my kids. I want to go out and work. I want to do what I want to do. And there's a whole like, oh, I think I'm getting like down too deep into this rabbit hole. So all of this to say though, that there are a specific, there's a subset of people who, I don't want to say subset because that's not even fair. The pandemic impacted everyone. It's just a matter of different levels. And then as you're impacted on a matter of different levels, you're going to want to rush to get back to normal because it's more convenient for you. It may not be the safest thing for everybody else around you, but a lot of people are selfish and self-interested and self-centered and are only thinking about themselves and what is the benefit to them. So now that I've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> now that I've gotten that out of the way, my thoughts have always been towards this. Why are we rushing back to embrace toxic things that had us as a nation overworked, underpaid, tired, stressed, away from our families, eating unhealthy, not able to maintain healthy, a, a healthy lifestyle and a work-life balance? Because I can tell you there are so many, if we really sit down and think about it, what was so bad about this quarantine? Everybody has their own, like, like, I, like I said, we were all impacted in different ways. And I think my perspective may be rose-colored glasses for some people. And I could honestly see how, many, how somebody could honestly sit there and say that to me. They'd be like, well, Sasha, you don't have kids, so you didn't have to worry about homeschooling your children. You have an office job, so you didn't have to worry. You, you were able to do your job remotely and do it well, but I don't have the luxury of, I don't have the privilege. I don't have the luxury of having a job like that that I could do from home. Well, so, you know, I, I honestly can see people saying that, and I don't want to diminish that perspective because that perspective is equally valid. But let me tell you the things that I felt were positive things for me that came out of this quarantine period and allowed me to reframe what some people were rushing back to, what even sometimes I felt myself sometimes rushing back to. I spend so much more, this is the most, Snowman and I have been together for 10 years. And in the past 18 months, I, well, 20 months, I've spent more time with him in the past 20 months than I think we have to, 
collectively together spent in our entire relationship. Like we didn't live together until I think we were like two years into our relationship. And then obviously he works full time. I work full time. I'm teaching cycling. He's playing ball. We have all of our own activities that I literally saw him a couple of days a week, like on the weekdays. Some of, sometimes we get in at different times. We'd see each other like, hey, what's up? How you doing? He'd go off to do his thing. I'd go off to do my thing. And then we'd see each other in time for bedtime. And that was it. Like that was our life. And then we spent the weekends together, maybe kind of, but for the most part, we didn't really see each other through the week. And I imagine that was the case for a lot of people. But through quarantine, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> like things are opening up little by little. But for the most part, we are working next to each other. So something I really enjoy is hearing what he does at work. Like I would ask him all the time what he did and he would try to explain it to me and my brain would like be like, well, I don't understand this stuff. I don't know numbers and this all sounds high techy. Who like ask me to proofread things and I get a headache within like five minutes of reading it because I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like what is happening? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand any of this. Math and science were not my strong suits. I'm trying to actually teach myself the metric system. So we'll see how that goes. Numbers are not my thing. So wish me luck, y'all. Send me some nice thoughts and prayers out to the universe. But um, yeah, so we spend a lot more time together and I get I hear what he does at work. It's been pretty fascinating to hear because he's on freaking Zoom calls and conference calls a lot of the time. So it, it's very interesting to be able to get that inside perspective on what he's doing and just have that time together in the same space. And then for me at work, I have been so much more productive because I don't have to worry about like the small talk and the little things like the FaceTime that you spend with people and a quick high and buy can end up being a 15, 20 minute conversation. And then it takes me 20 minutes to refocus and get back to the task that I'm doing only for somebody else to walk by. And I know I'm talkative as hell. So sometimes I'd be distracting myself. Like I'll tell myself like, Sasha, okay, just say hi and bye. And then 25 minutes later, I'm like, damn it. Like, why am I getting into a full blown conversation about this? So it's just as much my fault as it is their fault. But yeah, being in the office, it's just distracting. For me, I found it very distracting and frustrating. Then as a black woman, I can 110% tell you, I do not miss the rampant sexism that I had to deal with some days, the rampant racism that I had to deal with some days, all of these little microaggressions that also occur in certain spaces when you are part of one or more multiple, quote, minority unquote groups, because y'all know I hate that word. I, I got to do a whole nother episode on that word and why I hate it so much. But yeah, just being a, a part of any marginalized or minority group, there are all of these expectations that you have to uphold at work. And so not only am I worrying about being distracted and I want to keep it at high and by, but oh my God, if I just say hi to this person, now they think I'm being standoffish because black women are not allowed to express any emotion other than extreme happiness <laughs> and, and smiling at the office. So if, I mean, I'm a smiley person by nature. I got resting smiley face. You know how some people just have resting bitch face? That's not me. I have resting smiling face, okay? And I think that also invites more distractions and more conversations from people because they'd be like, why are you happy all the time? Like, let me talk to her. She looks helpful and happy. But um, <laughs> anyways, so just being in the office environment, it's not, it, it, some days it was more stressful than it wasn't. And then talk about just getting there. You got to do the whole commute thing. So now, you, now you're around all of these people. It, it, it's just a lot. So before you get into the office, you've already expended so much mental energy just being in there. 
So when I'm at home, not only do I take out that commute, I can wake up, I can have my morning tea, I can meditate in the morning, I can go for a walk. And those are those, these implementing and infusing these healthy habits in my life that I wouldn't have if I was still going into the office and then I'm more productive during the day because I'm not being interrupted. Like honestly, there has been such a balance to my life that has been introduced since right after the quarantine started. Like when I got a sense, and it was probably in April when I realized this is not gonna be a quick go home for two weeks thing and just sit down. Like I knew, I just get, started to get the feeling with more restrictive, everything became, I was like, yeah, we're not, we're gonna be in this for a minute. We're gonna be in here for a while. So start to mentally prepare yourself and start developing new habits. And I did develop those new habits. And it's been like, I think that's also what's helped change my perspective on the quarantine because I was not rushing back to go to normal. I wasn't rushing back to the 40 minute commute, you know, and and, and that's easy. Like when I tell people I used to have a 40 minute commute, 20 minutes one way, 20 minutes coming back, that's just some people's one way commutes. So can you imagine having, I got 40 minutes of my day back. Some people got over an hour and a half of their day back, two hours of their day. So those two hours of your day you get back, you can spend that time with your family. You can spend that time going to the gym. You can spend that time reading a book, educating yourself, meal prepping, eating out less, taking care of yourself, working out. You have so much time of your day back to just build in these healthy habits. And then as I'm sitting on the couch, I'm starting to think about this whole, and I've already been like thinking about it for years now. Like I I actively decided years ago I was gonna step off of this rabbit wheel of being busy all the time from going to this, to that, and the third. And even though I intellectually wanted to do that with working full-time and teaching being my passion and doing all of these meditations and being on the city council, like all of these things that I was doing, even though I actively told myself, Sasha, you need to step off the rat wheel, I was still being, I was still packing my schedule with so many things. And granted, they were things that lifted me up, but that doesn't mean they don't take any, they don't take something out of you. And so literally when we went into this pandemic, I was so burnt out. I was stressed and I was like, well, this is a good thing. Like, this is a good thing. And I don't, I, I, I just feel like for me, so many positive things came out of the quarantine itself that it ended up being a positive time in my life. But I'm not so tone deaf and lacking in self-awareness and ignorant to know that just because it was positive for me, that it was that was not the case for a lot of other people and that I respect. As it wasn't the case for other people, though, I want us to think critically about like, this is something that I say, just because we, did you have a bad moment or did you have a bad day? Because sometimes when we have bad moments, we phrase it as everything is bad and my life sucks. And it's once you think about, once you go to that extreme, it is so easy to view things from that mountain perspective instead of just letting these little molehills be molehills. So 
when people are like, the pandemic sucked, it was terrible, it was this, it was that, it was a third. And I start to ask people, well, what was so bad about it? What was so bad about it? And then they tell me the bad things about it. And I'm like, okay, well, what was good about it? And then they kind of sit there and they're kind of stuck a little bit because they're like, well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I was like, of course you didn't think about that. How, are you, how do you leave room for the positive when you're only thinking about the negative? And it's like, I want to go back to doing this. I want to go back to doing that. Maybe those things that we want to go back to doing, maybe they weren't worth doing. Like one thing that I wanted to go back to doing so badly was teaching, was teaching cycling. At a studio that wasn't healthy for me by any means, that wasn't a place of growth, love, positivity, understanding, none of it. It was a negative environment. It was a toxic environment. But if it was not for the quarantine, I likely would have been there and stayed there until the next Soul Cycle audition, of course. <laughs> and now where I need where I need to be at Soul Cycle. But I would have stayed there because I loved teaching so much. I loved the community so much that I knew that I should have left that environment in 2018. I should have left that environment. Probably closer to 2019. Maybe 2019, I should have left that environment. And I stayed there for two years too long because I loved the people there. So I think many of us, when we really think about the spaces that we're in and the things that we're rushing back to, maybe we're rushing back to them because they're a place of comfort, because we love the people or we love the energy or, or you know, we love a small thing about it. But when we look at it, it in its entirety, it's not something we should run back to or it's something that we should explore a little bit deeper or think about just a little bit deeper. And that's what I really want to challenge people to think about. And that's what I've wanted to challenge people to think about over the past 20 months because a lot of things have changed in a major way. Some for the better, some for the worse. And I think that the instinct is when things get uncomfortable, we want to go back to what we know, right? This quarantine was scary. This pandemic was scary as hell. We don't know what's happening. We see people dying. One day, they, one day the CDC is saying something. The next day it changes. A lot of people are responding from a place of fear and discomfort. And when all of that is, when all of that chaos and uncertainty is happening around you, what is the one thing that most of us cling on to? We cling on to what's familiar. So I, I completely understand people's frustration and fear and not being able to go back to those places and those spaces that were comfortable for them and that lifted them up. But maybe it's time to rethink that and create new spaces, create new places of comfort. You know, you know, I sounded like a valley girl, you know, <laughs> I've been really trying to work that phrase out of my vocabulary only because it's one of those phrases that we use to seek validation from others. When we should just end a sentence, we throw things in there, especially women. We throw things in there like, you know, or do you understand? Or was I clear? Or does that make sense? You know, all of these validating things like that. And it's just like, no, just end the sentence, period. 
So I'm going to go back and I'm going to end, end that sentence, period. I'm not going to edit this, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I meant? Just pretend I ended that previous sentence. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we are, we've been in this for the long haul. And I would say that things are, are more back to normal-ish than they're not. But if they're not for you and you're still in that place of longing for things going back to normal, if you haven't yet, and we've been in this for 20 months, so I think you have, but if you haven't yet, maybe start to create new routines and new patterns and new habits and just start to think about them and start to work towards them and start to create them. Like this is a very minor thing. But for me, I learned how to do my hair over the pandemic. Like I'd always known how to braid my hair and do all of these other things, straighten it, do all these things. But literally, because I was not comfortable with my hairdresser, they sent me an email and they're like, oh, we're open. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. And then I email, I call her and I'm like, hey, what are you doing about, what are your COVID uh, uh, restrictions or what are you doing? And she's like, oh, we're not doing anything. We're not staggering any appointments. We're not social distancing. We're not decreasing numbers. People, masks are optional. We're just, we're just back to normal in here. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they had absolutely the right to go back to normal. But I also had the right to not accept that as my normal and want to protect myself to a degree that they weren't going to. And so instead of finding, booking around for all these hairdressers and stuff, I was like, fuck it. Let me just learn how to do my own hair. And that became my new normal. And I like it. And I get to try all of these things I wouldn't have ordinarily tried before if I had my hair in somebody else's hands. And that's just a very small like example of how instead of rushing back to normal when maybe we shouldn't go back to that because for whatever reason, in my case, they're rushing back to normal is not something that was within my comfort zone. So because it wasn't within my comfort zone, I had to create new habits. So this is all to say that I understand. I totally get wanting some things to go back to normal, but other things are not worth going to normal for, going back to normal, especially when we really sit down and reevaluate how toxic it was for not just us as individuals, but our families and the structure of work and employers taking advantage of people and stagnant wages and just this really probably the biggest thing, the, the unhealthy work-life balance that was created. And I talked to so many people in my age group who have small kids and they're just happy, even older people too, they're just happy to be in this space now where they have a work-life balance that because they're not commuting an hour and a half. And so just when you're running back to normal, I get it, it's hard. When we're running back to normal, not everything is worth going back to. So if we're still here, thanks for hanging out. And I wanna know how you've gone back to normal in different ways. Are you still in this quarantine space where you're really not doing anything? Have you completely moved around everything? Like, I wanna know. So. You can drop me a voice note here on Anchor FM or you can hit me up on Instagram at the Sasha Whitney. And again, just keep this in mind. Not everything is worth running back to. Take care of yourself. And until next time, peace out.